We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. My name is Jari Bolander. Welcome to the Entrepreneur Ethos Podcast. On this podcast, we're going to take a deep dive into the traits, values, beliefs, and skills of all sorts of entrepreneurs to learn how to build a more ethical, inclusive, and resilient world. Let's get started. Hey, everyone. As always, stay tuned to the end of the interview, where I'll give you some actionable insights that I learned from my guest. These insights are also in the show notes, and all of the show notes are at theentrepreneurethos.com. So check out all the old episodes and all the show notes there. As always, thanks for listening. Thanks for the ratings and reviews. Thanks for the tweets. Thanks for the shares on LinkedIn. Thanks for the emails. Well, just thanks for everything. If you want to leave a rating and review, I'd appreciate it if you'd do that over at Apple Podcasts or Spotify. Now, on to my guest for today, Mike Harvey of Business Growth Domination. Mike comes from a family of entrepreneurs and got his start working with his dad on a farm. He and his dad both moved into other ventures and Mike wound up in IT services, working with a friend and eventually taking over the business. He now has a wealth of experience as an entrepreneur, which puts to work helping others grow their business. Like all entrepreneurs, Mike has had to learn that he didn't know what he didn't know. I mean, how many times have I told you guys that? <laughs> he reached out to others who had done what he had wanted to do and learned from them. He also learned that a successful business is all about solving problems. When working with clients, Mike say, says there are two major issues he usually helps with. Helping entrepreneurs get to the point where they're not trying to do everything and slowing the business down and helping them identify where the real challenges are. Now, Let's get better together. Mike Harvey, welcome. Welcome, welcome, welcome to the podcast. Thank you, man. I'm pumped to be here. Um, and it's so cool to be hanging out with you again, Jari. Yeah, we've, we just got to know each other over the last couple of weeks through Jen, who we can never say too many nice things about our <laughs> right? friend Jen. She's Jen's awesome. awesome. Yep. Yeah, every uh, intro I ever get from her has always been just so awesome. And you know, it's really great that uh, we got to you know get to know each other. We're actually working on something called the Freedom Business Summit, or like you're doing that in the next, I think it's next month or so. And 
you run a company called Business Growth Domination, and you have all these cool, we have all these cool things in common. I mean, you happen to live in California too, Bakersfield, yeah. I think. Um, yep. And I live in San Francisco. So uh, close. Yeah, close. Relatively it's close. At relatively least, close. Right? <laughs> relative <laughs> to some of the people I talk to. Yeah. Um, and we're going to get all into what Freedom Business Summit's all about, what business growth domination is all about, because it's like a really cool idea, what you're trying to do. And, you know, you and I share the same ethos on trying to educate and inspire like sort of the next generation of entrepreneur. But before we get into all that, as I like to say, the first question's always the same because I'm consistent <laughs> that way. Tell me how you got to do what you're doing today. Man, um, you know, the short answer is kind of on accident, right? Mm-hmm. Um, the the longer version is, um, I, I always, when I was younger, I always knew that I wanted to be a business owner, entrepreneur. Like it was in my genes, right? Like my grandpa um, owned several different small businesses. Um, my dad owned several different small businesses. And then, um, you know, now... Um, you know, I took after him and I, I was working with a, with a friend, but well, rewind a little bit before that I was working with my dad on the farm. That, that was like one of the first family businesses that I was involved in and um, learned a lot of really cool stuff there and um, you know, work ethic and everything else. And like, there's a whole other story that goes with that. But um, anyway, we uh, kind of towards the end, he, he was getting out of it and, you know, moving more into consulting and, I was was working uh, somewhere with another friend and he was telling me about the side gig he had. And he said, he said, well, you know, I do, I do computers. Uh, I was like, okay. He's like, but I'm not going to have a day off for like a month. Um, I was like, well, what the heck, dude? And I was young, right? I was just like, hey, let's hang out. You know, I, I was like, well, let me help you so that you don't have to like, you know, work nonstop for 30 days we're friends. We can hang out. You don't even have to pay me. Um, and you know, I can learn some stuff from you. You know, he's still like, we just had dinner last night. He's still a mentor of mine. He's like uh, 10, 12 years older than me. And, um, it, it got to a point in his life that, you know, that, that caught up with him, you know, he had a family and all that. And he, he said, you know, I need to really focus on my family and spend some time at home. You've been working with me. The clients know you, why don't you just take it over? Um, so I, I guess in the end I got paid. Right. But like, I wasn't looking for that. I wasn't trying to do that. Um, and, um, out, out of that, um, uh, came, you know, and, and what's funny is I was, I was running a lot of stuff with my dad, working with, with, um, attorneys and CPAs. And then I'd helped other friends launch businesses along the way and, and, um, other things. But until I was running my own thing, I didn't realize how much I didn't know. Right. Um, mm, and so I'm true. sure a lot of people can relate to that. Oh yeah, um, I can for sure. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely, man. Um, but what I, th- I think, and this is, I think this is true for like every successful entrepreneur, what led to my success and why I've been able to do, you know, be in business and be, be in leadership and growing businesses and launching new businesses and everything for like 20 plus years is just like uh, part of it, I think I was just too dumb to quit. Um, <laughs> <laughs> there is a little bit of that in every entrepreneur, right? right? Like a little bit of crazy, stubborn, a little bit of crazy, just a little bit off, like a little bit. <laughs> yeah. But um, I, I um, just, I was stubborn and I was like, well, I'm going to, I'm going to figure this out and I want to work for myself. So I'm just, I'm like, 
I'm going to do it. Um, and in the beginning, it was it was uh, difficult. We lived off of my wife's school loans for a time, um, but then it you know we I, some stuff started clicking. Uh, we started growing. We started bringing in new clients. We started bringing on a team. Started doing all those things. And then we just like what I really figured out is we started solving problems, right? And that's that's the ultimate like what is a business about? It's about solving problems, right? right? And the bigger the problem, the more money you make, right? And what what was the exact business? What did it exactly do? Um, IT services, right? So services. like okay. for small business, and um, you know we we would go out and fix our computers, or or they would call us and we would log into their stuff remotely, and you know do all that stuff, right? Um, Anyway, um, <laughs> and what's funny is, I, you know, I was just so determined. Um, I had no business touching anybody's computer when I started. <laughs> you're, you're like every IT guy. Uh, yeah, hold on. Let me let me look at this. Yeah, reboot. <laughs> right, right. Reboot and, and, sells you know, 80% like, of it, right? Over time, and I connected with the right people and everything, um, I figured a lot of stuff out. Now I can do it with my eyes closed, right? Right. But, but um I always knew, and, and this is an important key, I think, for, for the listeners, right? I, I always knew, like, there's somebody else that's figured this out. Let me just find them and right. either copy what they're doing or just ask them for advice or whatever, or a combination of those things, right? Um, and that's what I did. And then I found more people and more people and just, like, connected with the group. And um, But all along the way, all of the things that I've done, you know, starting... Um, all the other businesses and exiting some of them. Um, you know, now we, we still own a few different businesses. Um, it was all about solving problems, right? What, and it wasn't like, let me, let me go create a product and then find a customer. It was like, I have a customer, they have a problem and I just need to figure out a way to solve it and how to monetize that. Right. Um, <clears throat> so anyway, fa- fast forward to, to now, uh, 20 years later, um, you know, all of, all of the experience, all of the, all of the, um, heartache, all of the blood, sweat, and tears, all of those things that we all go through as business owners and entrepreneurs. Um, I've, I, you know, started advising and consulting with, um, some of the clients for some of the other businesses, which eventually led to business growth domination, which is kind of what we do there is help other business owners basically get themselves out of that technician role. Hmm. And into the leader of the company, which is really what they want to do in the in the first place. They just don't know how a lot of times. Just yeah. like I didn't know how when I started. Yeah, the, the tactical versus strategic, the yeah. doing it. I think what was the term someone used? Like working in your business as opposed to working on your business. I guess there's some book about that or whatever. Yeah, but, yeah. What uh, e myth? That was yeah. Like the, the I first. think it's the e myth, right? Right. Yeah, which, that was one of the very first business books I ever read. Oh, really? What'd you think yeah. of it? Um, I mean, it, it made a lot of sense. It all clicked, but you know, it's one thing reading theory and, you know, it's probably practical theory. The guy probably had experience in everything, right? No, but, he, yeah, he did. Um, but, um, you know, it's one thing reading theory It's another thing applying it like in your own business, right? Yeah. Yeah. It's kind of like when you read, you know, history of like the Ottoman empire or read <laughs> history of like, yeah, you know, Caesar and, uh, you know, all the people that have invaded all these countries like Pakistan or Afghanistan. And then you, then you realize, oh, well, I'll just won't do it that way. And then you go invade a country and 20 years later, you're like, oh, I guess I should have read a little bit more about, right. about <laughs> Genghis Khan and the Russians. And, you know, I, I guess things. that's why they say those who, who forget <laughs> history are doomed to repeat it. Oh yeah. 
Oh yeah. It's it's interesting that you mentioned that it's all about like someone has figured it out before and I just got to go find that someone to either do it or teach me how to do it. Right. I think that's so true. I mean, there's few, few things, very rare times where someone's like reinventing the wheel, so to speak. Um, because a lot of these things, some other, and, and what I found is like some other industry or some other, mm-hmm. um, technology is already there. It just needs to be applied to what you're doing. I mean, the best example is healthcare, digital health uh-huh. and healthcare. I mean, all the it stuff's been there forever. I mean, industrial controls is the same thing. The it infrastructure to build secure networks and scalable is there. It's just the guys that, you know, run refineries, <laughs> they haven't caught up. And you're like, to your point, they have these problems that they need solutions for. They just got to go figure out who's already solved it. Or at least what I like to call like solved adjacent, like, oh, they solved it here. We could probably apply it over there. Yeah. Well, I mean, if, you, if you've if you um, ever been into Jay Abraham, um, mm-hmm. I imagine you probably are familiar with Jay Abraham. Mm-hmm. Um, what is it? Um, getting everything you can out of all you got. Like one of my favorite books, right? Um, he's built his entire fortune on exactly that principle, like taking things from other industries and applying them to different industries. Right. Yeah. I think that's, I was talking to someone the other day about the, you know, best way to scale something or like, you know, start really quick. Mm -hmm. And you actually did it when you started your business journey, right? You had a friend that had these IT services, they were working so much. You're like, Hey, you know what? I think I can help you with some process and like take away some of the business burden on you. Right. And then, boom. All of a sudden this sort of adjacent idea, it's already an existing market, which is really important. Like, Oh, someone's already doing it. There's already demand. I'm just mm-hmm. going to make it a little mm-hmm. better. It's a great place to start because, you know, I've been in businesses and been at companies where we created a technology and we were trying to find a problem that it would solve. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exa- exactly. And those never, are the ever, 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 ever do that. Cause it's the word. No one can. I mean, people are just so focused on the pain in front of them. Right. Yeah. I was, I was reading a book about that last night. Like yeah. pe- people aren't looking to go out and buy stuff, right. They're looking to go out and solve problems. And if you have a solution to the problem, they will pay you for that solution. Yeah. Yeah. And then one of the other things, which is, which is again, this, you know, 25 year journey, lots of gray hair, <laughs> sleepless <laughs> nights, a lot of, lot of acid reflux and stuff was uh, <laughs> realizing that um, if, 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 if what you're talking to a customer about is not in their like top three or top five, probably top three problems they're trying to solve today, mm-hmm. they don't care. Yeah. Um, and, you know, as a, as entrepreneurs and sort of, we're all sort of our first salespeople. And this, this is one of the things that's really fascinating about the sales process and sales in general, right? Cause I'm bad at it and I don't really, I'm not like, I'm learning. I have to learn more about how to do it. In fact, <laughs> you're, you're a, better than you think you are. Though. Well, thank you. I appreciate that. Well, you know, there's a book by, um, it was, it was someone you introduced me to Mike, Mike, Mike Hill, his book. Have you, have you heard his, about his book? Um, no, are, do you mean John? John, sorry, John. John Hill. No sorry, worries, John. Man. Yeah, our, our buddy John. <laughs> buddy John. Love you, John. What's up, man? <laughs> sorry. John Hill wrote a book called uh, Sales Down Selling to from the, Scratch. Selling from Scratch, right. I, yeah. I actually just, just picked it up. Yeah, sorry, I John. just got it on Amazon, too. <laughs> I'm sorry that I forgot your name. Um, but <laughs> it's, it's early, and I'm only on my first cup of coffee. Um, 
but John's book was really fascinating because what's interesting about entrepreneurs, I mean, so I know a lot of tech entrepreneurs, tech mm-hmm. entrepreneurs always are like, I'm going to solve, I'm going to build this cool tech. Right. And then they're like, okay, now I got to sell it. Mm-hmm. And it's the problem that we just talked about. Yeah. What problem yeah. are you trying to solve? And I, and I like, I like, you know, I like John's approach to this, to, to his sales process, because the more I think about it, I think you're right on what you talked about, like solving problems is what customers come to you for and their problem, or, or there's another one called what job does, does this thing need to do? Like jobs to be done is another framework. Um, mm, yep. And I'm just yep. curious, you know, when you work with, cause right now, you know, you work with folks through your uh, business growth domination sort of consultancy practice, mm-hmm. whatever you want to call it. Um, <clears throat> what do you find is their sort of biggest challenges? You know, when they come to you, what, what, what are some of the things that are, um, well, a lo- so I think a lot of times one identifying their biggest challenge is one of their biggest challenges. Right. Mm. Um, and they think it's one thing and it's usually something tangential to that, but not what they think it is. Um, the second one is, um, being the bottleneck, which we talked about before. Right. Right. Um, right. The, right. The, like if everything flows through you as a business owner, like nothing's going to happen. Like you can't be that center center spoke of the business. If you want to grow and you want to keep happy clients. Like I talk to people all the time and they're, you know, they talk about a few different things. They're like, man, I, I, <laughs> I, I had, I've had so many conversations that, um, you know, we have a selling problem. Well, do you, or do you have a lead gen problem? Right. Mm. Um, all of stuff that, that uh, John helps with. And then right. in the same, in the same breath, they'll say, well, I really like sales. I'm like, okay, so you have a, you're not getting enough sales, but you want to keep doing it. Uh, something doesn't sound out of here. Yeah. Right. Yeah. They, um, they don't, they don't connect. Yeah. And, and I get it, man. I've, I've done a lot of sales in my lifetime and I'm sure you've done some as well. And there is kind of an exhilaration, a thrill, like the high that you get from closing a deal. Right. Um, so like that endorphin, but there's other ways of getting that, um, seeing success in your company grow and everything else. But um, so you know, those, those are probably the real two biggest problems is not identifying the correct problem um, and you being the bottleneck and, and not just in sales, right? Operations, like if everything revolves around you, you're like, man, no one can do it as good as I can. Well, and I tell this to people all the time, that may be true. Oh. However, yeah. I guarantee you, pretty much anybody can do it better than the way you're not doing it. Mm, that's a really, <laughs> that's a really good point. A lot of people don't want to hear that. A lot of, a lot of technical founders I've found, you know, yeah. and I'm guilty of this too. When I used to write a lot of code, it was really hard for me to let go of that. In fact, you know, I'm working on something right now where I am resisting the urge so much. Like every day I'm like, don't write code, don't write code. Let, the, let them do it. Let them do it. Just give them guidance, give them guidance. They're good at it, you know? And it's just, it's hard because one of the challenges I think with the business owners, with people, it's in their head. And to them, it makes absolute perfect sense because they've got all the information in their head Yeah, and they get frustrated. And let me know if this is the case that you've seen. They get frustrated because they're not doing it the way I want them to or they're not doing it fast enough, or, ah, it's going to take too much time for me to show you this. I'm just going to do it myself. I mean, these are the common traps, right? Yeah. How do you work people out of that? 
Well, um, for, first of all, it's, and, and this is again, something, and, and all like all of this stuff is just stuff that I've been through personally yeah. and learned from others or learned the hard way or whatever. But um, when, when you talk about, well, it's, it's quicker if I just do it. Well, that may be true, but if it's something like, if it's a one-time thing, okay, maybe we can look at that. Right. But if it's something that is done on a regular basis in your company, um, it may take, like, if it's something you can get done in like 15 minutes yourself and it takes your other guy like an hour to do it, um, it may take you two hours to train him. But if you have to do it every day, by the end of the month, you recouped your time investment spending training them. Right. Totally. Um, so part of getting your time back is being willing to invest your time on the front side to get rid of your time, right? Mm, That's just yeah. just like the same with financial, right? Like everybody understands like when I go and I'm investing in in um, the stock market, for example, and like I'm not a, a big stock market guy. My dad is. But um, anyway, when you go and invest, you know that you're taking a certain amount of what you would normally spend in your income and putting it somewhere else. And you don't have access to it, but over time that compounds and you'll get so much more return on that. Right. Yeah. Uh, the, the power same, the same applies with your time. Right. And that's yeah. our most valuable resource. So we're willing to invest money, but we're not willing to invest our time. Maybe we need to think about, you know, what yeah. our priorities are. Yeah. I mean, I think some of it is also just control. <clears throat> you know, a lot of people have a hard time giving up control. Um, again, I'm been guilty of this in the past. Yep. Really strongly like ah they're not gonna you know like you make all these excuses but then i think the thing that tipped it for me was when you become so busy and so overwhelmed that everything at the wheels are just like falling off the bus it gets to the point where like nothing happens without your say yeah you start to get so overwhelmed and you start to work so much and then usually what happens is your body like just breaks down and you can't work or you you get sick or you get migraines or whatever, and literally you can't do the work. Mm -hmm. So someone else has to do the work or yeah. the whole thing you know, goes away. And you really, it's interesting how, you know, I don't know if this is true or not, but it's interesting how like at, like when you get sick, you know, and your body's like breaking down and you're like, okay, it's like the key, it's the signal. Sorry. It's the signal to slow down. I mean, that's what it's really telling you to do. Right. slow down. And then there's some things that like, you just can't do. They have to be done by someone else. And then I think that's for me, that was sort of the tipping point. I'm like, Oh, well, heck I can't do it. Even if I wanted to, cause I'm just so sick or whatever. Yeah. Interesting. I, like this. Can I, had happen. A, I had a conversation with another friend of mine the other day, actually, this was um, for the summit too. Mm. Um, and cool. we, um, we were talking about because he and I, and, you know, just like yourself have been in business for, you know, a, a good length of time. Right. And he, he was telling me a story and it was like how he um, was directed to kill off his business. Um, oh. And it, it just was so releasing for him, but like he was at a point and I've been there. So I totally understand. Um, it, he was at a point where he was working 20 hours a day Um and working with people, he didn't like his customers. He just hated everything he was doing. And like, he was at the point of like, I think he said he was showing like 11 out of 12 of the signs of like severe depression. Right. Yeah. And he, he, he was driving to this event and um, just the thought came in his mind, like, dude, if I just 
crank that wheel and like run into a tree. Like, I don't have to worry about this anymore. And, um, that, like that story, like shook me. Right. Because I'm like, man, I've been there, you know? Um, wow. And like realizing, um, a lot of that is because of that control. Right. And one of my good friends always, uh, very frequently says, the more you seek to have control, the less control you have. Mm. Mm. And yeah, um, that's a good point. That's a good point. Yeah. Yeah. What, I always what tell found, that to, I tell that to managers too, all the time. Oh yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, you lose respect too, as a manager, right? Yeah. Yeah. But uh, what, what I found is the, um, I'm, I'm trying, I'm trying to figure out the best way to say this. The, give me a second. It'll come to me. <laughs> <laughs> no problem. I know how it is. Like it's, it's one of those when it's so profound or it, it or just it's obvious yet surprising. Right. You're like, Oh yeah, that's obvious, but Oh yeah, I should have known that kind of thing. <laughs> it's hard to put into words. I mean, one of the things that's, uh, so fascinating about, you know, trying to educate and inspire the next generation of entrepreneurs is that, okay, there's some things I can like, you know, crazy uncle Jari can tell you, right? Like I just tell you, like, this is going to happen. And then part of it's like, you just got to get hit in the head with the brick to really learn it. Cause I can tell you, I can tell you all the mistakes I made. I can tell you everything that's going to go wrong. I know like the trajectory because I can Mm -hmm. see it in you. Like you're, you were me, like as an example, this one young, you know, young entrepreneur, I'm like, yeah, you know, you're me 25 years ago. <laughs> so, so I, I feel you, bro. I really feel you. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And, and, you know, but it's like, okay, how much of this do I really need to like tell you? Because see, part of it, what, what I found, and I love your thoughts mm. on this. So I can, I can tell someone, give them advice, right? And advice is a tricky thing, right? Or I can tell them stories and give them experiences like, Hey, this is what happened to me. And that hopefully they take that. That's the whole reason why the show exists. So Hey, we're not giving really giving you advice. I mean, we are, you know, at, at the end, but it's not advice directly to someone. Like I'm not saying, right. Mike, right. you need to do this. Saying, hey, you know, the general one, which which can be a little tricky because you know, advice is one of those tricky things. I mean, I learned way long ago: never give your spouse advice <laughs> until, <laughs> until they ask you like 50 times, because right. that's never going to end well, right? You have to be supportive and make them go through the process. And I think a little bit of the f- learning, the failure, learning, like getting yeah. into the rut to be like, yeah, see how this feels. This mm-hmm. sucks, right? <clears throat> oh yeah. I don't want to be there. I mean, I'm, I interviewed, um, Jan and her name, her last name escapes me, but she had a similar story running a business, working too much, depressed, hated what she was doing. And yeah. she's like had panic attacks. I, I think a lot of business owners go through that, right? Yeah. I mean, if you're in it long enough, um, and you're really committed and you're really driven. Mm. And and sometimes that happens because like we get like stuck in the weeds, right? Like mm. we can't, we can't mm. see like above because we're like too busy looking down on what's going on now. Right. Yeah. But yeah, that's um, the whole concept of, I, I think, um, you know, to, to your point, what you were, I think what you were getting at, you, you can, um, so there's an old saying that you probably heard you know, my parents and grandparents would say it and you might think it's cliche or you might think I'm a little bit uh, uh, 
silly or whatever for mentioning it, but um, you can lead a horse to water, but you can't make them drink. Right. Yeah, right. So um, in, in coaching, we, um, you, a lot, sometimes you can't give the advice. You have to pull, lead them to the answer. Hmm. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I was talking to his name's Dima and he has a chatbot coaching company and I think it's called Panda. Yeah. Panda coaching. Hmm. And he uses AI and all the stuff. I interviewed him. I don't know. He, I don't remember when it was, <clears throat> but I'm like so fascinated with AI and all this business stuff. And it, uh-huh. you know, AI is eating the world, blah, 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 blah. Right. Everyone. Right. But it's hard to do. And you know, there's a lot of, a lot of nuance. Right. Right. And I'm like, so what's the bet? Like how, how do you, what are the secrets? He actually told me the five things that were like super critical to make productive AI, which Hmm. is something my, one of my friends, Troy, he has a company and a podcast called productive AI. So he was really keen on this. And one of the things with coaching, you just nailed, you just like literally nailed it on the head. He's (laughs) like, we ask questions. We don't give answers. And I'm like, ah, that's actually a really, really powerful point because I think what to your point about not, you know, horse to water, but can't make a drink analogy that's, you know, it's been a meme forever because it's true. And it sounds a little (laughs) cliche, but it's also stood the test of time. And most things that are stood the test of time are probably right. It's it's this process of asking the questions I think that makes people figure it out for themselves. And I'm, and right. I'm curious, you know, we're, we're, I know you're doing this thing called freedom business summit, which I happen to be a part of. And it was really fun when we recorded that and we talked about stories and how yeah, to, I'm pumped you know, how to, to add you there, man. <laughs> yeah. How to, how, how to do your big idea. Um, what, what, how is the freedom business summit, going to be asking the questions to get people to kind of change their mindset, because you're right. You can't, again, you know, crazy uncle Jari and crazy uncle Mike could tell you all day, every day, this is what you should do. And you know what? Some young entrepreneur is going to be like, ah, I'm not going to listen to the old folk, you Gen Xers, <laughs> like who the hell are you? Right. Right. Like y'all are killing the world. It's not us killing the world. It's boomers. So just so you, know, <laughs> you know, we hate, we hate, we equally hate boomers and gen and, and millennials. Um, <laughs> us Gen Xers were pretty bad that way, but like what's, so, you know, tell us a little bit about freedom business summit. And then what are the questions that are going to get, you know, what are the questions that you found? Because I know part of this summit is to I mean, it's in the name, right? Free yourself from your business, make you more productive, be more strategic, you know, really like do the work you want to do. What are the questions you think that you need to ask people to to get them to switch their mindset? Because I know it is a mindset thing too, Mm because I've had this problem in the past. Hmm. That's a, that's a great question, Jari. Um, So what, the, the question the question I had when I was that age right and you, and you kind of made me think about this a little bit that way too um you know you 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 had asked me previously and I don't know if this was on you know on a recording or not or whatever but either way um what would speak to you when you were that age mm, yeah. and um what it is is like for me I, I knew someone had figured it out right so it's finding those people who are those people and what what are what will they share you know what have they figured out 
And, you know, that's kind of what we're sharing on the summit, right? What they've figured out, um, you know, their, their, their whole story. And then we have a bunch of deep dive, like in very tactical stuff as well, but the big picture strategy stuff um, of who are the people that have figured out, what have they figured out and what are the pieces that I'm missing? Right. So like if I, if I want to have a business that can run without me, which I have multiple businesses that run without me for the most part now, um, how do, how do I get out of the way? Hmm. Um, and, and what are the components that need to be in place for me to be able to get out of the way? Right. Interesting. So it's more of a process oriented question as opposed to a goal oriented question or goal oriented mindset. I mean, I, I think we might've talked about this before. I'm like, I'm not a big goal setter. Mm-hmm. I know it's like sacrilege. <laughs> my, right. uh, my fiance Minerva is a huge goal setter and mm. I, I'm not, I, it's, it's not that I don't have goals, but my goals are more broad and generic as opposed mm-hmm. to specific with specific dates. And most of these things I do are process oriented. And what that means is I work a process. And in my mind, if I put in effort into a process, the results happen because I can only control effort. And I was talking right. to someone else about this. I don't remember who it was, but it was the, that's the mentality that sort of has the, the best chance of success because especially in the entrepreneur game. And, you know, again, like as, as you ask these questions for your own business, you know, how can I get out of the way of this? What process can I put in place so I don't have to do this? What's the process I'm going to use to hire people to help me? Who are my ideal customers? Who are the clients I want to work with? Who are the clients I don't want to work with, which is even more important. Again, like your friend saying that he was working with a bunch of clients. He didn't, he just hated them. You know, yeah. and, 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 and there's a lot of mentality and a lot of things that people get kind of pigeonholed into, especially as you start out, you are just so desperate for business that you'll literally make stupid deals. And, you know, I, I, full disclosure, I sometimes make dumb deals too. Yeah. Because we've all done it. We're all human. And, and, right. and it's a, it's like, oh, this may be an up, up, that didn't work. I should, my heuristic, I should never have done that. Right. But you live and learn. So well, I think your your story stuff too, by the way, like we were talking about this yeah. before, which yeah. is really cool. Um, like that helps you like get clear on like what are the things that I should be doing and what are the things that I shouldn't be doing, right? Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I remember I was working with a guy when I worked at corporate and every time I go to his office, like he would never do anything. <laughs> It'd be like, <laughs> oh, well, why don't you do that? I'm like, what, aren't you going to help me? And, I, and, and he was an okay executive and I kind of understood what he was trying to do. He was like trying to delegate because he didn't want to like, quote unquote, do things, but he took it to the extreme. Mm-hmm. So I d- don't get us wrong when you're hearing this, you can't delegate everything. You can't yeah. not do some of the work. And right. this is especially true with new business, new ideas, yep. Yep. new strategies. Like it's your job as the CEO. Your job as the CEO is make sure people get paid. So raise money. And figure out five steps ahead of everyone else. Yeah. Yeah. Not doing that. You're really working in it instead of on it. Right. Well, the, the way, the way I look at it, Jari is, um, you like, I try, I try to seek first of all, and this, this is like, I can't remember who said this, but someone, someone said, uh, you want to figure out the most efficient way to get something done, ask a lazy person. Right. Um, 
and that a lot of times the best entrepreneurs are the laziest people. And it's like, that's, that's kind of a paradigm and you got to look through that, look at that through the right lens. And I'm not talking about like the slob that stays at home. Right. Um, but, um, I always look at what's the least amount of effort I can put out to make the most amount of revenue or return. Mm, Right. Yeah. Um, so like I try to, I try to focus on doing as little as possible. Um, and you know, I was, I was, the, the thing I, the thing I was having a hard time coming to me before was constraints, right? Constraints are a good thing. Yes. If you, if you have the constraints of, uh, like, I'm only going to allow myself to work this many hours. Mm. I'm only going to, um, going to, um, focus on new initiatives. Mm. Um, and I'm going to, I'm going to try to, um, do as few of the tasks as possible. Um, that's how that's how you get there right um like as as a leader in your business ultimately right you can't you need to like understand you can't do this like you said with new initiatives or new business but your goal should be focus on vision culture key relationships and key relationships is really where you spend most of the time um and then new initiatives or fixing broken things um Hmm. So, um, that came to me really like it was a whole learning process. Like I, like I said before, but it, it came out of, for me, a point in my life that I was depressed and I just kind of wow. buried my, my head in the sand. Wow. And I was like, I'm like, I kind of walked away from the business without entirely walking away. Like mm-hmm. I, I did basically everything, but walk away. Right. Um, had a team, um, and all of these things, but I didn't check in. I didn't do the things I was supposed to be doing, or at least the things that I thought I was supposed to be doing. And what it revealed to me is, oh, this thing can run without me. And it completely changed everything. So I was like, okay, well, how can I set this up so that it can run efficiently, effectively grow and um, achieve, achieve our goals without me? Interesting. So that's, that's kind of where that whole thought process came from. Wow. Huh. So you almost just kind of abandoned it to see what would happen. Yeah. Well, it, it wasn't even to see what would happen. I was just depressed and I was like, uh, I did abandon it, but like, it wasn't like, there was no goal there. It was mm. just like, I don't know what I'm going to do. Um, I'm done with this, like whatever. Right. Um, and then it just clicked. Oh, I don't have to do all that t- stuff. Hmm. Hmm. So um, when, when we, when like you were talking about goals, I wanted to add something onto that. Cause I think a lot the same way. Like I don't, I'm not a big goal setter per se myself either, but I do look out and say, okay, what is, what is the big goal that I want to accomplish? And then I, and then I move, that's like, then I'm done with that. Right. And then I go back and what's the next thing that I need to do to get to there. Interesting. Yeah. So I I think that kind of aligns with the way you were looking at it too. Yeah. A little bit. I mean, you got to eat, right? Yeah. (laughs) So it's like, Oh yeah, I don't have goals, man. Like, you know, I'm not that kind of free to be you and me (laughs) as anyone that's ever listened to this show. I'm pretty much guarantee that I'm a little bit anal retentive on process <laughs> and, you know, I'm, I'm sure. you know, I can get a little like down in the weeds, you know, I'm the kind of person that, Oh, 
this thing would manually take an hour. I'm going to spend eight hours coding something that'll do it automatically. Cause yeah, yeah, exactly. That, I have this in- engineering mindset, right? That's, but that's what I mean when I talk about the lazy person, right? Like, right, right. That's, that's a, that's a, the la- the way that a successful lazy person approaches something is how can I do this and spend four, five, 10 times the amount of time this one time and then never have to do it again. Yeah. Yeah. And engineers are inherently lazy and that sounds a little strange, but we're, we always seek to figure out how to save time and effort. Like we, we like the elegance in things Mm -hmm. and we like to solve problems. So if there's no problems to solve, then we don't have a job. So one of the things that, you know, fun fact about development teams is that if you've never run a development team or been part of a development team, and we're talking software development team or engine, any engineering team, mm-hmm. you'll always realize that there's always so many problems to solve that you're like, we're not making any progress. And you're like, what the hell is going on? Are these guys just idiots? And like, no, they're not. They are making work for themselves because if there's no problem to solve, they don't have a job. <laughs> and once you realize this, and I've learned this as an engineering manager, because my whole, I mean, I've, I'm kind of a Debbie Downer sometimes. Like I literally <laughs> always go to like the negative. So I was talking to a friend of mine, he lives in Vegas yesterday and he's, he was running this new, um, this new club. This is bridge club. His name's Marv. I interviewed him on the show. He's a good friend of mine and Marv just launched this bridge club in Vegas. And he's a big bridge guy and blah, blah, blah. And I'm just like, how's it going? Right. And he's like, it's not so bad. <laughs> and I'm all, what? He's like, bro, you launched this like a month ago. It's going well. He's like, yeah, it's not as bad as it could be. And I'm like, ah! you know, he's got the engineering mindset, right? Right. And, and this is the thing that I think is really important and, 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 and like an insight that I learned, right? You have to look past the problems and the negativity because most engineers are always go to the problem they're trying to solve they hardly ever will be like, this is all the cool things I've done. Right. And it's, it's a balance. You got to Like you find these things, you got to dig in. And my friend, Jeff calls it, you got to tell the whole truth. Right. Yeah. So, well, it's, it's interesting um, to think about because. So John Hill did a John, uh, John Hill, not Mike Hill, John Hill. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, um, John. <laughs> he did a He did a training on, you know, for part of the summit, uh, the freedom business summit um, that, went into disc profiles, right? Yeah. 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 He's big. Um, and um, it, it sounds like you're familiar with it, but mm-hmm. um, I know I was watching another training on that recently too. And um, they talk about like the, the CEO, the entrepreneur is usually like a, a high D level. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, so like I resonate with that. I'm sure you probably do too, but then um, the engineer is usually the high C. Right. Right. So that's kind of their box where they play and they're, they're very task driven people and very um, fact driven people. Right. Right. So, I mean, that, that tends to lend itself to that kind of personality. um, If that makes sense. Yeah, it does. I was just going to quickly tell you what a disc with the listeners, what disc is. Because okay. you'll be like, huh? What what are you guys talking about? <laughs> and so yeah, it's a personality assessment. But if right. you have it pulled up, you can go ahead and let them know, Jari. Yeah, I'm trying to find okay, here I'm trying to find it. Because it's in it's in it's in John's uh book that I've been reading, which <laughs> is really quite good. 
he actually did a really good job on it. A lot of these sales books are just horrible. of course he did. John is a high C, so he's very yeah, active. Yeah. And- <laughs> right, right. So so disc in terms of like your personality profile, D is dominant. That means you're gut driven, task focused. Okay. Yep. I is influencer, gut driven, people focused. C is compliant, right? Fact driven, task focused. S is steady, fact driven, people focused. And so when you know what you are, then it's a lot easier to interact with other folks if you know what they are. I mean, this is similar to a lot of personality um, profiles that, you know, if some people need certain things to, to, you know, if you're a highly fact-driven person, you need tons and tons of facts before you make a decision. But if you're sort of a gut-driven, like, it just feels right, we can always change the decision. You'll make a decision quick, but then you'll change your, you might change your mind. Whereas right. fact-driven people... Um, like Minerva, my fiance, she does a ton of research, then makes a decision. Whereas I do a little bit and then be like, yeah, I can always change my mind. Right. <laughs> yeah. It's a, it's a, it can be a little bit of a tension depending on who you are. And so a lot of engineers are fact-driven as an example. They want hundred percent information to make the right decision. Mm-hmm. A lot of marketing folk have to be gut slash fact-driven. Some some are more fact-driven than others, but it's just the nature of the game. Communications people are the same way. It's like, I can't, I don't have all the answers. I can't have all the answers. I have imperfect knowledge. I'll never get 100% information. I have to go. I have to yeah. like, this is my gut. Okay, I think this is, and they generally, it's the difference between more strategic and tactical thinking. Strategic thinking is more kind of gut, general trend. Tactical thinking is more detail, facts, this leads to this, this leads yeah. to this. And, and, and those um, high C's usually tend to get things right a lot more often, Yeah, but it takes them a lot longer to make that decision. Right. Right. Where, whereas the high D usually, you know, the business owner CEO is going to be up there very frequently, not always. Yeah. Um, they, they can make decisions on instinct and um, like be okay with that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I always say, you know, it, like deci- all decisions are reversible unless it's life and death. Right. So, and the other thing is, do we really need to make this now? There's really no one shooting at us. Like, do I really care? Like I I, I (laughs) had this such a hard time with corporate for the very fact that we'd make these arbitrary deadlines and decisions. Mm -hmm. I'm like, we really got to, I mean, I understand why you have to make them, but like what's driving this ridiculous deadline. Mm. That's, that's a, that's a great point too, man. What's driving it? Is it, is it, is it a real need? Like, and again, the example, and now, you know, again, I'm completely unmanageable. That's why I'm an entrepreneur, (laughs) probably similar to you, right? Yeah. Like what's the priority here? You know, and again, maybe these are some questions that people should ask, right? What's driving the deadline, you know? And, and I think, you know, I'd love to hear your thoughts, you know, for the next generation of entrepreneur, I, you would say, what advice would you give the next generation of entrepreneur? Mm-hmm. But I learned something and I should have known this, but I'm, but you brought this out. I'm <laughs> not going to ask you for what advice you would give. Mm. I would like to know what insights you would tell them and what questions they should ask themselves. So there we go. Evolved. I'm evolved. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Man. So what do you think? Um, so as far as questions, um, I, I would, I would like, and I work with some people at, at this level sometimes also is like, find out who you want. Like, if you want to, if you want to maximize your um, business revenue, right. Find out who you want to serve the most like that. And that'll keep you from, you know, the, the, you know, 
not not always and not entirely, but it'll at least help keep you from those feelings of depression that I talked about earlier. Um, find out who you want to serve, and you don't have to get it right the first time. Um, you can you can iterate on that, but if you find out who you want to serve, and then find out what their biggest problem is that is in your wheelhouse to solve. Um, how can you solve it? Mm. Those are really good. Any, any insights? What do you think? Um, well, I, I would say a lot of times it's look at who you were, you know, three, five, 10 years ago. And what advice would you give to yourself? Right. Um, that's, mm. that's a good place to start. Yeah. And I think that's where, where a lot of us start. It's not where all of us start, right? Like when I started the IT company, that wasn't like who I was serving, right? But now it's in business growth domination. That's who we're serving is, you know, who was I, you know, 10, 15 years ago? Um, what looking for that person that knows, knows the path, right? They know the way. Um, and it's funny saying that makes me think of something else that I think is super important. There's a book and you're, you're a book guy, so you'll know, I love um, but uh, the obstacle is the way. Ah, funny. You should mention that I have in my hands that no one can see a coin that mm. says the obstacle is the way. Yeah. My friend Troy gave me this coin because he bought a bunch of stoic coins because he's like, Jari, that's you. <laughs> because I've had a lot of obstacles I've had to overcome. And usually you're right. Like, Yeah. And I think the people that have the most success are the ones that instead of retreating, running away from that obstacle or trying to figure out how to go around it, like go through it. Yeah, that's so true. Well, Mike, appreciate your time. Can't wait to, uh, you know, do more of this, you know, freedom business somewhat is coming up in a month. We're hopefully going to do some live Q and a more storytelling, you know, oh, yeah. it'd be really fun to help a lot of people. It's so important to entrepreneurs, you know, to, to learn about what you've done and appreciate your time man. stay safe and uh, we'll be in touch. Thank you, Jari. Yeah. I'm excited about the work we're going to do together and the work we have done and we'll continue to do. So thank you, man. You're welcome. Thanks, Mike, for being on the show. It was super cool to chat with you and learn about all the things you're doing. So really appreciate that. As promised, here are some actionable insights that I learned from Mike. Growing a business requires the ability to step back and let others do some of the work when the time is right. Letting go of control can be pretty challenging for many entrepreneurs. Mike points out that if you invest your time up front in training someone to do the work the way you want it done, this will free up your time down the line to work on other areas that require your energy and focus, and I would also add your unique expertise. Now, as engineers and sort of tech founders, this can sometimes be a challenge to sort of let others do the tech work or let others do other things. Um, it's hard to do. I admit I've had this problem my whole life. So it's uh, this takes practice, but you will find that when you find people you trust and you can give them something to do, it opens up your world to work on the things only you can work on. That's what I always remember. What's the thing I can only do? So think about that. Another area we talked about was the problem of losing your passion and becoming depressed and burned out as an entrepreneur. One question to ask yourself 
if the type of client you serve is is the most one you want to work with, then find the most efficient way to run your business. So if you're client-based or product-based, well, more so if you're client-based, but this can also happen with product-based and the customers, right? A lot of times, if you're just super burnt out on what you're doing, you got to really look at the two aspects of it. Is it the actual work that you don't like or is it the customers that you're attracting? And this is sometimes people don't understand or have a hard time understanding. So there's a really nice way to put it, like step back, see if it's the actual work that's making you anxious and depressed, or is it the actual clients and customers? Because that could be but either one, right? So there you have it. Those are the actionable insights I learned from my interview with Mike. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time. Thanks for listening to the Entrepreneur Ethos Podcast. I hope you enjoyed this episode as much as I did creating it. My hope is that you learn something that can make you a little bit better. If you enjoyed the podcast, please do share it with friends and review it on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. You can also join my email list by visiting theentrepreneurethos.com to get my thoughts on what I'm doing to get better, as well as what I'm working on. You can also pick up my book, The Entrepreneur Ethos, if you want to learn the traits, values, and beliefs that I think we need to build a more ethical, inclusive, and resilient entrepreneur and, frankly, world community. Feel free to follow me on Twitter at The Daily MBA and let me know if you have any questions or recommendations for a guest you'd like me to talk to. Also, drop me a note if you try anything we talked about on this or any other episode. I'd love to hear what's working for you. Until next time, keep getting better. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.